In regards to a yid that sells himself as a slave to a goy, the Pasuk says, he should be redeemed. One of his brothers should redeem him. Or his uncle or his cousin should redeem him. Or one of his other close relatives. And finally, the Pasuk says, Or if he can afford it himself and redeem himself. From the order of the Pasuk that starts off first about the brothers and the uncles and a cousin and other relatives, we learn that that the mitzvah to redeem him is upon the relative that's closest. He goes first and then any other close relatives. So we need to understand. In the situation when the person could afford it himself, obviously he would come first before all of his other relatives if he could redeem himself. And since the Pasuk is going in the order of those that are first to redeem him. So seemingly, who should have been first to mention? The person himself, if he could afford it, and redeem himself. And only afterwards, if he cannot afford it, then should be discussed about his brothers and his uncles, etc. Why is he him being able to afford his own redemption mentioned only after all of the relatives? Question number two. Since the Pasuk is enumerating a number of relatives and in the order of those that are closest first, so who should have seemingly been mentioned first? The father. He's definitely closer even than brothers, as we actually see in the Dinam of Yerusha of inheritance, that, uh, that if a person doesn't have children, then his father would inherit him before his brothers get the inheritance. And Bapoyal says that ever practically, not only isn't the father mentioned first, he's not mentioned at all in the Pasuk. In fact, says the Rebbe, the same question is actually asked in the parsha that discusses the dinim of Yerusha. And the Pasuk over there also enumerates the different relatives that could inherit. The Pasuk says if a person passes away without a son, then the inheritance moves on to the daughter. Uh, if there's no daughter, then it moves on to his brothers, then to his uncles, then to the next closest relative. And over there too, the father is totally not mentioned. And a father would get Yerusha, as we said before, even before the brother. So the answer that Mepharshim give is, the Ramban says, Derech bracha yedaber The Pasuk wanted to speak in a more positive way of bracha, rather than in a tragic situation where a person was cut off at a very young age, where the son had died in, during the lifetime of his father. That's what would mean that his father is inheriting him. But the Rebbe says, that in addition to the fact that even in the dinim of Yerusha, this is not such a simple and smooth answer, because when it comes to matters that are relevant to halacha, then seemingly we wouldn't leave out the father just in order not to speak in a way that's opposite of bracha, especially where you could end up making the mistake to think that the father doesn't in fact inherit, but in that even that would only work in the dinim of Yerusha. But in our case... In the case where a person sold himself, we're totally not speaking about a situation of nichrosim, of a person dying young. So here definitely the Pasuk should have started off with a father getting involved in redeeming the son before any other relatives. Says the Rebbe, we're going to be able to explain this based first on what Chazal tells us, that the parshias in this sedra, the sections in this parsha of Bahar, are all speaking in a very specific, gradual order of descent, in, uh, in fact, Rahman al-Litzlan, that happens as a result, a result of not keeping the mitzvah that discussed in the beginning of the parsha, the mitzvah of Shemitah, or at least a, a trace of the mitzvah of Shemitah, in other words, a somewhat not, not keeping it. 
Because as we look in the parsha, we find that, it, that the parsha is dealing a number of times with various different sales. It starts off first with a person selling off his movable objects, eventually moving the selling off other things, and finally the lowest of the low, Rahman al-Litzlan, is that he's even selling himself to a goy. And furthermore, the Pasuk says, Le'eker mishpachas ge'er, which as Rashi tells us means that he's actually selling himself to the Avoid Zara itself to become, in other words, like an attendant for the Avoid Zara to chop wood and draw water, etc. And it says, Rebbe, as we can understand clearly, that here we're dealing with a descent that's not only a physical descent that he had, that he had fallen so low that he needs to sell himself. He's selling all of his possessions and selling, him, selling himself and to a goy, but it actually shows on a very, very big yurida, a very big descent and how lowly the person has fallen, Beruchnius. Because the fact that a yid should sell himself to a goy, first of all, is the opposite of what Torah wants, because one is not allowed to sell, sell himself to a goy. And number two, this actually leaves room, as Rashi also brings, where a person might think that if he sold to a goy anyways, maybe he could act like a goy. As Rashi brings, since his master is, is, is committing adultery, maybe he's allowed, serving Avedizorah, Machal Shabbos. So obviously, in other words, this causes him, Chas V'Shalom, to feel that he can assimilate. And even more so, obviously, if he sells himself to the Avedizorah itself, and this is completely the opposite of what the Pesach says, that the Abishta says, Libanei Yisroel Avodim, the Yidin are my servants, not the servants of others, not the servants of Goyim, and certainly not of Avedizorah. So we understand that this is, we're speaking about a tremendous spiritual descent. Says the Rebbe, where does this all start from? How does a person fall so low to the extent of selling himself to the Avoid Zorah itself? It all starts with forgetting and disconnecting oneself, Rahman al-Litzlan, with Aviv Sheba Shamayim, with our Father in Heaven. And as a result of that, also, Forgetting and separating himself about the love that a child has to his father, his father in heaven. Love and fear, etc. To use the words of a Pasuk, says the Rebbe, that Hashem says, Ben Yechavid Av. A child honors his father. Says the Abishtaf, I'm your father, where is my honor? In the language of Chsidis, this person, what he's lacking is, at least in a revealed way, the level of Av, the level of father, in his koichas hanefesh, in his faculties of his soul, which this is the level of chachma. Chachma is referred to in chassidus as the av, as the father. The Alter Rebbe explains at length in Tanya that the reason that could, what could cause that a yid should chas v'shalom violate the eibishtas rotzen, it's because that level of chachma sheben nefesh is in a state of sleep. What's the level of chachma sheben nefesh? This is the place that's beyond logic, beyond understanding, beyond that which is rational, this is the level of emunah in Hashem, which is completely higher than cycle. And this is a sleep. And as a result of that, the person doesn't feel how in each and every Aveda, even that which seems to be a very minor or light Aveda, he's actually completely separating himself from Hashem, from the oneness of Hashem. Because if a person would feel, if a person would sense how every single Aveda, in fact, is separating him from that oneness of Hashem, just like Aveda Zorah, there's absolutely no question that he would overcome this challenge with the same strength. As he, as, and every single yid, even a kalshem, a kalim, even the most lightheaded and careless yid, and even the biggest sinners, would be moiser nefesh for kedusha Hashem, without thinking about it, without giving it any thought, rather in a way as if it's impossible to deny Hashem Echad. It's only because he's forgetting about this, that's why he can do an Avera. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the pnimi is the reason of Why? 
the level of Av, of father, the person's father, is not being mentioned, not in the story, not in the parish that discusses of a person selling himself to the Avoy to, to a Goy, or to the Avoy Zara, and also not in the parish of Nachlois. What is the idea of death? Death doesn't have to mean necessarily only physically dying. The idea of Misa Beruchnius, as we know, there's the concept that Rishoyim, even during their lifetime, they're considered dead. Or in a more subtle way, we say Mandanachis Medarga, someone that has fallen down in level, is also considered Misa, is considered death. Where does death come from? Death is coming from this idea that he's lacking in this area of remembering this Darga of Av, Avim Shabbat our Father in Heaven. Or as we said before, the gili within his own soul, that level of his av, the chachman, his nefesh, that emuna, that's in a state of sleep. And sleep is also in somewhat, in some way, similar to Misa, we say sleep is like one-sixtieth of death. And this is why we're considering this person in this way, somewhat um, experiencing this death. Because if the person would remember constantly the, his emuna in Hashem, as we said before, the Abishtah says, if I'm your father, where's my honor? So if you would remember this, that he would be honoring Hashem. That's when the Chachma of the Nefesh is shining. And when Chachma is shining, when this level of Av Chachma is shining, the Pasuk says, Ha-Chachma Techaya. Chachma gives life. So there's no death. That means Chachma does not allow any fall Beruchnius or death Beruchnius, and certainly not falling, and even not falling down from one's level. Because as a result of this level of Chachma Shem and Nefesh, the Yids, Avoida is with the absolute greatest Amunah and would never change and would never fall. Says the Rebbe, just like this idea of Nimkar Lenachri when a person is sold to a Goy, is coming with Pnimius, as we said before, that it's as a result of the spiritual fall, where he's lacking in the Sinyan of Av. So, so too, says the Rebbe, when we speak about the idea of Geula, and that is, the Torah says, Geula Tiyeloi. What does Gula Tiyeloi mean? That the, that the relatives must redeem him. Furthermore, Gula Tiyeloi also is Mlash Haftacha, that obviously at the end for sure he will end up being redeemed. That is, even if the relatives don't go ahead and redeem him, well, when Yovel comes, there is going to be a time that he's for sure redeemed. And the Pasuk goes on and says that the reason is, Kili b'nei Yisroel avodim, the Yidin are my servants, Hashem says, avodayhem. Shtari koidim, as the Chazal tell us, which means my shtar, my document of having them as, as slaves comes before this person trying to sell himself. What does this mean, B'pnimius? That the Geula Ruchnius of this lowly state of that the, the person had fallen into is a guarantee, as we'll see now. Why is that? Because by Matan Toida, every single year became Hashem's servant forever. This is some a special essential quality that could never, ever be taken away from the person. Even if a person ends up acting in a way that's against the Ratzin of Hashem, but his connection to evil, his connection to the Goy that he sold to, so to speak, is only an additional Chitzoniistic thing added on to his very essence. His very essence, the fact that he's an Eved Hashem, this could never, ever change. And that's why we're saying, of course he will eventually be redeemed from this Goyish estate. Says the Rebbe, with this we can also understand the connection of the end of the Sedra, which is what we're talking about now, to the beginning of the Sedra, which says, Vayidaber Hashem, that Hashem is speaking, Bahar Sinai, Har Sinai. This is like a general introduction to the whole Sedra. 
That is that because we're coming from Har Sinai, the time when Shtori Kaidim and Hashem's document comes first. The fact that Yidin become Hashem's servants. So even after all of these different things happen in the Sedra, as we said, various different levels of Yerida, of descent Rachmat Litzlan. But for sure, what's going to end up happening, Geulati of course, there will be that redemption at the end. Says the Rebbe, with this we could also understand the inner reason, why Rashi emphasizes and elaborates and says that when it says Le'eker, Mishpachas Geir, that word Eker, what does it mean? It means he served to it, the Avoidah itself, meaning to be a servant to the Avoidah But not accepting it as an idol. It just means that he's going to chop wood for it and draw water, etc. Now seemingly it's not understood. Where is Rashi actually getting this, that he's not accepting it as an idol? If because of the fact that a Yid is not allowed to sell himself to an Avodah to accept it as Avodah as Chas Shalom as an idol or anything like that. So for that, re- I mean, he's not allowed to sell himself as a servant to the Avodah either. In fact, he's not allowed to sell himself even to a Goy, as we said before. Rather, what this Rashi is telling us, that even such a Yid that has fallen so low, the ultimate Yerida Rahman al-Litzlan, and nevertheless, there's still never any way that he was going to accept the Avoy de Zorah as Elikus, as Chas V'Sholem, a real authority. Because this is something that's really, truly impossible. Because even before he's being redeemed, even as he fell down so, so low, and in a state, as we said before, that he doesn't even remember Chas V'Sholem about his father in heaven. And yet, not necessarily, still at the same time, it's not the Pshat that it's totally not there. Rather, as we said... It's removed, it's asleep, but it's chas v'sholem never buckled. This level of chachma shebenefesh is never gone. It's only, as we said before from Lashon of Tanya, it's in a state of sleep. And therefore, what happens actually when it comes to an Isoyan in this area of emunah in Hashem Echad, if chas v'sholem, a person would be faced with this challenge of giving up his emunah, this is something that touches the deepest part of his nefesh, the level of chachma shebenefesh, and it causes that this level should now be awakened, the chachma shebenefesh, and doesn't allow the to fall down in this nisoyin. And furthermore, it doesn't even allow, when this, this point of the nefesh was touched, his belief in Hashem, that he wouldn't even act in a, an external rechitsoyin he used to go away, meaning, meaning even in his thought and speech, or action, he wouldn't even act in a way of against Hashem Echad. In other words, a person wouldn't even say, yeah, I won't believe in it, but I'll just do an action of Avoid Zarah He wouldn't even do that when it comes to this essential thing. And this is why it's impossible that he would ever sell himself to the Avoid Zarah as in accepting it as actual, uh, an actual God. Even if he's doing it without believing in it. The lowest Yerida that we can imagine that's possible to be by a Yid is that when, in, in other words, when the Chacham of the Nefesh is in a state of sleep, the lowest he would fall, obviously, says the Rebbe in the brackets over here, we're not speaking about free choice. A person could choose other things, but generally speaking, the lowest a person would fall is only that he would serve it, to chop wood for it, and to and draw water, etc. Says the Rebbe, since this idea of the, the level of the zikorin, of remembering, of awakening the chachmash of of this person that had fallen down to the state of selling himself to a goy, it's asleep right now. To the extent that it, it's, it's almost as if the person has no control over himself anymore. He's right now a servant to this guy. Or to even to the Avoid Zara itself. Says the Rebbe, this is why we can't speak first about him redeeming himself. Because we know there's a klal in chavush, a person that's in prison cannot take himself out of prison. And this is why the Pasuk speaks about the Geula, 
coming through the relatives, which represents the idea that Geula has to come in a way of an awakening from above, something higher than himself. And how does that happen? That others that are not enslaved to this Goy are going to redeem him. And that's why it speaks about the Geula of the relatives first redeeming him. In other words, this is about the Yisarusa Leila that someone else needs to come around about to schlep him out, to pull him out of his lowly situation. But obviously the goal is that he does, not that he constantly needs to be relying and waiting for his Soiderus for inspiration of others. Obviously the goal is that he needs to reveal his own Pneumius, that he is a servant of Hashem, as we said before. And in, only in that way is his Geula going to be in a way that on his, by himself he'll never fall down again. And the Rebbe says this is similar to the idea of Bagashmius, that the best help we could give a poor person is to set him up in a state that he no longer needs to come on to anybody else. Says the Rebbe, this is the Talm Pnimi, the inner reason why the Pasuk finishes off with the Hisigo Yode that ultimately he can afford it himself and redeem himself. Meaning that the purpose of the fact that the Kroivim get involved is in order to enable that ultimately with his own Koyach, he should be able to get out of the situation. Says the Rebbe, this is also the reason why within relatives itself, we said the halacha is that the closer the relative is, the mitzvah is on him first. Meaning to say, since we're trying to arouse, we're trying to wake up the very pnimius of the Yid, and then as well also the chitsoinius, the, the more external types of faculties of this servant, so that he should be able to work on himself and get himself out as well. This is why the closer the relative is to the Evid, obviously the more Pinimiistic, the more internal this hashpa would be able to be in having an impact on the Yisraelis of the Eved, the closer someone is to the Eved, the more impact and deeper impact he'll be able to have. So that's why the closer he is, so to speak, that mitzvah comes on him first. Says the Rebbe, the reason why it could ever even happen, that there should be a Yerida, is hinted and emphasized in the very beginning of the Sedra. The Pasuk starts off, when speaking about Shemitah, it says, Kisavoyu when you'll come into the land. That is, because Yidin are now coming into a settled land, where they're going to need to deal with the way of nature. Sheishonim tizra as the Pasuk goes on and says, to, to sow your field for six years, etc., etc. Not like the way it was in the Midbar, when they were removed from all matters of Olam Hazar, when they were eating bread from heaven, which was the man, they were drinking from the, the water, from the Be'er Shal Miriam, they were wearing garments that the clouds had pressed for them, taken care of, taken care of for them, and their clothes grew along with them, etc. Now they're coming to Eretz Yisrael, so this is now where they have to deal with the world. So this is what allows and leaves room that the Chas V'Shalom could be some form of Yerida, some form of descent. Says the Rebbe, but at the same time, that's also why it says right in the beginning of the Sedra, where, where is this all said? The Pasuk emphasizes Bahar Sinai. Since we're coming out of the Koyach from Har Sinai, then it's an absolute and certain thing that not only will the person remain, remain whole, that he will have this redemption, but will even be able to refine and elevate the land itself, make from Eretz Canaan into Eretz Yisroel. And within Eretz Yisroel, as the Apostle says, Shabbos that the land will rest a Shabbos for Hashem, meaning that rather than and instead of, the way it was that there's a situation of Avodah in Eretz Yisrael, to which a Yid possibly could chas v'sholim, sell himself, instead of that, the word Eker Mishpachas Geir also means, as Toysus explains, the reason why it's called Eker, why the Avodah is called Eker, because eventually it will be Neker, it will be re- re- uprooted. 
That means all the whole union of Avedizara will be uprooted. And on the contrary, Vishavsar, it's Shabbos Lashem, that we're able to see in a clear way, as the Abish says, Liha Aretz, that the whole land belongs to Hashem.